Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Hello, this is a message from Kerry and Rona, who are Archers and Dumpty Dum fans from Guernsey. Recently on our holiday at Pyramid Lake in Jasper, we recorded this for you. This is Dumpty Dum, the show about the reality docudrama that is centred on Ambridge in the heart of the Midlands. I'm the atmospheric medieval barn that is Robert Wilson, and with me I have the smelly scout hut that is... Lucy Freeman. And the last part of Linda's stage set, folks, is you. This week's Dumpty Dum was sent in by Kerry and Rona. Lucy, if any of our other listeners want to send in a Dumpty Dum or become a caller in her, how can they do that? If you would like to leave us your thoughts or a plot prediction, sing us a Dumpty Dum or describe a rival firm as disreputable and then recommend them, <laughs> leave us a message on SpeakPipe via DumptyDum.com or call us on 0203 031-3105. Uh, this week, we need to thank Shambridge for her amazing voices, Mike Hatton for his character counts, Cosmo for his episode roundups. And uh, thank you, Derek, the loan of the back bedroom. Uh, Derek is very excited about board game night at the tea rooms. Auntie Cardboard won't play with him anymore after he kept setting off her hungry hippo, which he wouldn't have minded, but they were playing Kaplunk. <laughs> On this week's show, we have calls from Vicky, Eleanor Witherspoon, Red Agnes and Eulalia. But first, let's brace ourselves for Lucy V. Freeman's week in Ambridge. <laughs> This week in Ambridge was all about games. Hannah playing nasty ones, Emma forcing people to play boring ones, and Jolene getting overly competitive at everyone's. But there was a bright spot. Thank God Johnny found out that Hannah and Tom were playing hide the chipolata. Hopefully that means no more zippy noises or really irritating sodding pretend arguments. I don't care if they are shagging or arguing as long as I don't have to hear it. Elizabeth has now completely lost whatever tenuous grip she had on the plot. Poor old Anna Toboggan has now been roped in, courtesy of her mother interfering alongside Hootie, 
No, of course she won't mind you ringing her on her personal mobile number on a Sunday afternoon about work, said Carol brightly. <laughs> I have news, Carol. She will. Oh, you have a hopeless case with no money in it and a whole lot of ball ache. That sounds exactly the kind of thing my daughter would like to help with. I'm always forcing her to help out people she doesn't know. She loves it. She'll only be sitting at her desk messing about on her laptop. In fact, while she's at it, she could probably sort out why your email font has gone big and green and how you've managed to get the font set permanently on Caps Lock Comic Sans. Anyway, Anna Toboggan tried to make it clear to Elizabeth that no, Freddie had absolutely zero chance of getting off. No, yet nine, she said, brushing crumbs off her Freddie Pargita bang to rights t-shirt. So you're optimistic about his chances then, said Elizabeth, grinning manically. No, said Anna. Only the most disreputable. Oh, they sound good. I'll have them, said Elizabeth. <laughs> Batshit and no way. Solicitors Felpersham. No cause too hopeless for the right money. <sighs> Lens hens. Powell's fowls. Dickens chickens. Whoever owned them. Josh, who this week was nice, Josh, took Hootie to see some squawkies. She was still convinced she didn't want any more chickens. So they bought her loads and built her a house to put them in. So in the end, she said, oh, for crying out loud, all right, then I'll have them. Hootie won't have them for long, though, as she has declared darkly that Newcastle disease is on the rampage. That is apparently when all the chickens eat kebabs and don't wear enough feathers when going out in the evening. <laughs> now, Apple Day. We have an Apple Day where I live, and it is largely focused around cake and booze, which is why it is successful. You drink mulled cider and then pay a pound to try unsuccessfully to throw something at another thing, miss it by miles, then have a bit of cake and go home. There is none of this peeling apples nonsense. Understandably, the only person there was Jazza, who talked to Emma while she tried to persuade him to play pin the bacteria on the kefir, while chuntering on about how awful Hannah is. She's bossy and she causes arguments and shags inappropriate family members and everyone knows that's my job, she shouted. <laughs> well, we were nearly right about the flipping Christmas show, The Canterbury Tales. Not a rap version, though. Where a group of unlikely characters speak incomprehensible lines about... Oh, no, actually, it is sounding quite familiar now, isn't it? Linda went to see David. What about my flaming torches, she said. What about my sodding barn, he said. <laughs> now the script writers have given in and told us what the flipping show is. The writers are now being coy about the parts. Honestly, by the sound of it, it's going to be like Ben-Hur. There's thousands of the buggers. Robert, Linda and Monty cosily sat around the fire in the shepherd's hut chatting about the casting. Oh, there's a nip in the air, said Linda. Yes, put it away, said Robert. It looks cold. Pat was playing her own game, hide the goats. Oh, is this where you've put them now, said Helen? Isn't the airing cupboard going to be a bit warm? I tried putting them in the orchard, but they started eating apples and having a nice time, said Pat. So obviously I had to put a <laughs> stop to that. As if the tea room couldn't get any more hellish, it's now hosting board games. Oh, good. Jolene has been banned as she gets overexcited. Of course she does. Jolene is the original community chest. Johnny had a heart to heart with Pat about his horrible experience. I had to queue for everything, Gran, and prove who I was all the time. I'm never going to Argos again. <laughs> Adam was trying to get the Hines interested in his lick. Stop it. Mm. Ryan trailed round after him, complaining about the houses he's looking at. One was a bit pokey, so that was ideal, he said. But it looked over the substation, and with Jenny's current levels of radioactivity, we could cause an electrical surge that would knock out half of Borsetshire. <laughs> Rex pointed out that it wasn't a great summer for grass. Well, that's because harassment arrested Freddie halfway through it. <laughs> Talking of harassment, he is starting his sergeant's exams soon. Question, what are the ideal conditions in which to arrest a subject? No. What are the ideal conditions in which to arrest a suspect? Answer, 
drunk off shift and dressed as Jerry Halliwell. <laughs> and we ended the week with a love triangle. There is one eligible woman in Ambridge. It is, unfortunately, Hannah. As a result, she has now come between Jazza and Tom, which is a horrible image, I've just realised. <laughs> Poor Jazza was after something with a chance of lasting, he said. Jazza, mate, you may as well stick with a pint of gold top. Like Hannah, its origins are uncertain. It's on your doorstep every morning. Its top comes off easily and it makes you feel ill if you have too much of it. But you've got much <laughs> less chance of it going off the day after. The end. <laughs> Very good. How Did you spend extra time doing that? It was... Uh... <sighs> I don't know. There was some very good, very, well, I don't know. How can I say, like that last one, is that you keep those in your back pocket to pull out. Like there's like things that, I tell you what, we're recording quite early in the morning. I've got a non-coffee hangover. This is going to be a terrible <laughs> I was show. going to say, for those of you who think that Robert may be going some, through some sort of stroke episode, <laughs> what's actually happening is that he's given up coffee. And I think we can all tell. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Do you know my friend gave up caffeine yeah. on the instruction of her of her her friend who is a natural health nutritionist person. Yeah. Who basically says eat beans and that's it. And um she mm. said, Oh, you have to give up, go after and uh and, and Ali doesn't actually drink that much coffee, she drinks a lot of tea, but she gave up coffee and tea. Mm. And uh two days later she rang the nutritionist and she said, I think uh, I think something awful has happened because the world feels horrible i think i'm depressed and uh, there's i just feel like a, a big raw nerve and um the nurse said but that's what life is like without that's caffeine it. and ali just said well fuck this then and immediately made a double espresso and went oh thank god i much prefer it a bit blurry oh so, yes but i was drinking about 10 cups a day and i, th oh I think god. i was just that's exactly good it, no it wasn't it wasn't you know and with my nerves it was you yes. know i was constantly in your on state edge. of health yes 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 with you know with my funny turns i yes. uh, i i just thought i was on holiday and i just thought i've survived with one or two cups a day maybe i could try and bring it down to that so i'm going cold turkey why don't you just have one or two a day then like now <laughs> <laughs> I'll go and I'm put the espresso on. I'm only kidding. You're fine. I know. But, but <coughs> have you got a cracking headache? Because normally people get huge caffeine it's, or headache. It's it's yeah. It's a it's a kind of a, a fuggy, pulsing, numb faced, um, numb faced. Blimey. Yes. Well, kind of. Not quite. But you know, it's. I You're can, not having a stroke, are you? Can you smell toast? I can often smell cigarettes, even though I haven't been smoking. Does that mean I've got oh. a brain tumour? Yes. No, oh, it good. <laughs> At least it's nothing serious. <laughs> One thing I did notice um, this week was yet another stupid bloody archer's business name. Lens Hens. Lens Hens. Which... I liked Dickens Chickens. I thought I should have gone for that. <laughs> or Powell's Fowls, I also thought. <laughs> Not Doc's Cox. <laughs> no, that's an entirely different shop. It, yeah. In fact, <laughs> we, we passed one of those. We, I, I was in Suffolk this uh, past week, and uh, there's a big sex shop on the A12. Really? Who knew? Yeah, is it the A11? <laughs> I can't remember. Don't go there. <laughs> it's just off the M25. And uh, he's like, Crikey, who? I don't know. It's a bit. I mean, I'm, I've, never, I've never been in a sex shop. I haven't either, actually. Oh. Maybe I, I, I did. The Amsterdam does make me laugh 
when when you're there and you walk past some lovely artisanal bakery Mm. and then there's you know a a a beautiful candle shop and then a homeopath (laughs) and then something that's selling vibrators the size of thermos flasks in the window (laughs) and you just think bloody hell you know it's it's just so but they don't do that kind of squirrel it away into a bad bit it's just like it's here here it is let's not make a big fuss about it and the english are just going <laughs> clutching their pearls but i suppose it's equivalent of just sticking it on the a12 where you drive past and think was that a- oh it was wasn't it oh yeah, okay right. it was massive <laughs> yeah hmm. the other thing i did notice and, and you you mentioned it too is there was another crowbarring of um of agricultural information shall we say the and with Newcastle, Newcastle. being <laughs> on, the- so prevalent on the continent, and I expected a, it's a good job we're leaving the EU. Coming, but that didn't come off. And- Everybody Googled those hens that she kept going on about, the peeking hens. They are very cute. But as someone on Twitter said, well, the eggs are going to be this. They're not very good layers. The eggs are going to be the size of marbles. Yeah. And you can't eat the chickens because they're the size of budgies. So what the hell is the point of them? People keep them as pets. Or they're fox food. Fox food, yeah. Yeah, definitely. If Josh gets hold of them, yeah. Exactly. Um, number three, number three point I, 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 oh, I've sorry. written down yep. here, because, you know, Toby and Pip. Didn't I mention several times Toby and Pip, you know, would get back together? And yeah. Come on, this is the first stage. If, yeah. You know. Yeah. So there we are. Uh, but we need that him was, to die in a horrible accident so, so then she can get together with Rex. Okay, fair enough. That's what I think. All right. And the um, goats turned up again. And they, I know. Oh, hello, you're back. Where have you, you been? Think they listen oh, to the no. show. I know. Because <laughs> we mentioned the goats a few weeks ago. Oh, no. Where are the bloody goats? <laughs> there are goats. An insert. Was it, was it an well, obvious insert? Helen goes, oh, that's where you put them. As if, you know, <laughs> As if she didn't know. They've been ambling around the farm, you know. It's like, where the hell are those goats? Like, not only are we wondering where they are, the rest of Bridge Farm are thinking, blimey, they should have turned up by now. <laughs> I don't know. But didn't Apple Day sound dismal? It just sounded like the most worthy, boring, you know, it's because the Grundies weren't involved. Things are only worth going to in Ambridge, I think, when the Grundies have got something to do with it. Yeah, I mean, surely Apple Day should be. I was going to say, the Cider Club should have been. Bacchanalian and. Yeah. But the Cider Club should have been there in force. Nothing. One would have thought so. Why weren't they then? Was there mention of why they weren't? Or was I it don't just... know. Nobody really talked about Apple Day. Nobody was involved apart from Emma who got roped into it. That was mm-hmm. it. Okay. I also well, I want to it... know why no one ever asks Pat and Tony if they will be involved in the Christmas show. Um, oh. Well, obviously because they're a massive pain in the ass. Well, Pat is. Can you imagine? Yeah. Mm. It'd be too worthy even for... Mm. Mm. Oh, um, I don't know. They don't, do they? Oh, you've, you've set me thinking now. Hmm. Never do. Well, maybe they will be but in you know, this year's. Yeah. And that is, that's the secret that they're keeping. Well, as, as um, Kerry Warbis said yeah. on, on the Twitters, she mm-hmm. said, who is going to watch this thing? Because everyone <laughs> no one left. And because they're all silent characters that will be watching it, the, the audience will be will be keep completely taciturn. There'll be <laughs> stony cold silence. Not even allowed to clap if you're a silent character. Surely, I did. Um, I did have a little giggle to myself though at the scriptwriters mm. 
Oh yeah. Playing. It was a cracking script this week. I thought um, uh, when um, <clears throat> uh, Robert said, "Oh, if only, if only," but there's a, there was a silent party. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I thought, "Yes, hooray! Thank you, <laughs> Nathan <laughs> Booth." Uh, yeah, a little, a little wink to the audience. I love that. Yeah, that um, was good. But you know the, you know the whole, the famous um, character in soap, two characters in soap opera on radio spend six minutes choosing between different shades of white paint. Yeah, famous scene. <laughs> we've now got Robert and Linda looking at a cast list without saying anybody's <laughs> names. <laughs> oh, that's a particular tour de force getting those people involved. So what do you think of my choice for number three? Well, are they just so <laughs> names? Why, well, you know, oh God, it's not like the National Lottery. We can do without a suspense. We don't need suspense all the time. We're listening anyway. You've got us, right? We're here. Relax. For crying out loud. No one's gonna tune in, gagging to find out who's gonna play the bloody summoner. Oh God. I don't know much about uh, Chaucer's Canterbury Tales. I'm, I did go to see a version, I think it must have been The Wife of Bath, although I can't remember, I was about 17. And it was um, and it was in Middle English and yeah. everyone was in a, a habit and they they, yeah. they were speaking funny. But yeah. surely they're not going to do the whole thing in Middle English, are they? Oh, I don't know. They might as well, because we're not going to listen. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, and as Kerry pointed out, no one's going to be there to watch either. So there we go. No, Fine. Quite. It'll basically be all the villagers wandering around in Hessian talking to themselves. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> While burning it down by accident. Um, uh, I did uh, Middle English at university. Oh. Um, in my first You went year. that long ago, did you? What? Yeah. <laughs> It was contemporary literature then. It was, oh. <laughs> um, uh, and uh, we did do a great deal about uh, the Canterbury Tales mm. and um, all the funny pronunciations and all that. Um, yes, and it and it came up in in in, in our English literature in my degree as well. I think. Um, hmm. Yes. Uh, so, although it did bring back some fairly interesting memories, I do remember thinking, "Oh, I would not pay to go and see that." In fact, I would pay to. Get out Not of see it. that, yeah. Isn't it quite long as well? It's, yes, it's difficult enough to make it engaging with professional actors. <laughs> yes, I, I reckon Linda. Linda's going to write it to fit the characters that the yeah. the actors, the people that she's getting to play the characters. Like Justin will be the merchant. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alan will be the summoner. Maybe uh, the wife of Bath is either going to be Lillian or Jolene. Yeah. Um, who else? Who are the others? The Miller's Tale. I can't remember anything about the Miller's Tale. Kirsty Miller, maybe. Uh, oh, that's inspired, Robert. Ooh. Well, that's why I'm here. You see, <laughs> we will find out. We will find out. And actually, yeah. there's more. There's more try later from Apollo and I. Try and try and bait your breath, chaps, and control your your excitement about. The unveiling of the sodding past. Pop a Mogadon if you must. But who's going to go and see it? I mean, apart from the fact there isn't anyone left, but who would go and see that as a Christmas? Oh, God. No one. No one. 
Unless it was in Camden, then yes. But, you know, it's not. It's in Borchester. And all they want is, whoops, there go my bloomers and, you know, it's behind you and all that. They want yeah. men dressed up funny as women. That's what they want. They don't want someone that's, unless she's going to do it where all the men are women or something. Well, that could work. Yeah. We will find. All will be revealed. Yeah. Sometime just before Christmas. Yeah. If you can stand it. Shall we, uh, shall we uh, have a couple of caller in Yes. In fact, three or four of them. Mm. Hello, Ambridge3962. First up is Vicky Cole. Hello, everyone. It's Vicky Cole here. I wanted to say a particularly good podcast last week. I really enjoyed it. So thank you very much for that. Um, I wish it was the sound of the Indian Ocean that you could hear on my recording. I think it must have been the ceiling fan. Um, have to have the fan on, otherwise it's so hot. I find I have about two minutes before the sweat starts trickling down my back and into the nether regions. So, yeah, probably the fan. And I don't know if I've got it on now, so you probably can hear it again. Um, it was a sort of mixed week in Ambridge, wasn't it? Uh, the first half of the week, so funny with Linda and the show. And the, the conversation between David and Linda just made me laugh out loud with the sort of yeah. rising panic as David just couldn't think of any way to fend her off. Um, I, I absolutely loved that. Chaucer. I didn't do Chaucer at school. I don't know very much about it. So I don't know if anyone can recommend a good sort of cheats guide to Chaucer. I do usually try and make sure I know what's going on with the production. So I watched Calendar Girls again and I watched the old, the very old film of Blythe Spirit. Um, and it does, I'm sure it makes us appreciate it more. Um, so and if, if anyone can recommend a good um, idiot's guide to Chaucer, that would be great. Lovely young men. Josh is well known to be a selfish idiot, except this week he wasn't. He was nice to his granny, wasn't he, with the chickens and everything. That was quite touching. And Johnny is just an absolute sweetheart. I felt very sorry for him being um, sort of attacked by Elizabeth with all those questions. But, of course, it's it's understandable. And then the sort of second half of the week, it got quite dark and upsetting, didn't it? Elizabeth getting increasingly unbalanced which again it's understandable but it's horrible to listen to um and lower loxley in trouble perhaps um yeah it's 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 not nice listening at the moment and i did feel sorry for jazza as well okay love to everyone bye 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 oh <clears throat> yeah not enough coffee sorry <clears throat> oh god i'm gonna have to give this up as a ga- bad show aren't i and, and just have a have a, a big nespresso or something um yeah it, I guess the, the point to take out of that, I mean, I guess you, you to what are those Cliff Notes things? You could buy a Cliff Notes book. Cliff that, notes. Yeah, the revision guides, yeah. Yeah, for yeah. for uh, the Canterbury Tales. And uh, you'll be able to uh, gen up on it and, and know exactly what's going on, which will be more than 95% of the audience. Um, and indeed the cast. Yeah. Uh, I think, yeah, I agree with you completely, Vicky, about Johnny. Um he seems to have more more empathy and understanding um and perception in his little finger than the rest of the of ambridge really has uh, all put together um he is uh he identified something was wrong with elizabeth he took steps to fix it he made it um, worse yeah <laughs> he didn't make it worse well, because what she was imagining was probably worse. She was never yeah. going to swallow the fact. Oh, yes, it's fine. It's fine. Considering it. it's fine. 
Yeah, exactly. Um, who was it who said if you've survived? Public school. Yeah. Was it? Oh, God. If you've, yeah, if you've, I can't remember who it was. If you've survived English public Jonathan school. Jonathan Aitken, probably. Because he's done both. Yeah. <laughs> and Jeffrey Arch. Yeah. Nothing, although Jeffrey Arch probably went to a comprehensive and just told everyone it was Harris. <laughs> yes, he did. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. If you've survived the English public school system, then you know you fit in extremely well in 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 prison. Um, anyway, um, uh, but yeah, and, and he he identified that how he'd handled Elizabeth the first time wasn't right, didn't sit well with him, and so mm. he went to talk to to Pat about it, and um, you know, and then fixed it, went back again, and said, "I wanted to talk to you." He's very sort of brave, and he's got a great deal of integrity, which he definitely doesn't get from his mother. <laughs> <laughs> so you know i don't know where that comes from but he's a lovely chap johnny um and uh yes it was it was very very sweet and you know it, it's awful to see elizabeth disintegrating along with lower loxley but she really needs to um you know focus now she's you know if if this is the end then this is the end and she of 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 um of the struggle for for Freddie, so now she's just got to get get back on it again because she's not going to do him any good if he comes out and the entire business has gone kaput. Yeah, exactly. And he's what he's, he's a month in now. He's only got another five to go. Exactly. He'll be out for Easter. She should be Easter egg shopping for him now, yeah. rather than. Uh... Oh, yeah, it, it is I, difficult. What? I have uh, an email from John Walsh, um, a oh. rather philosophical one, which I I thought was uh, was very interesting, and it sort of goes along with what we're talking about with. Um, Johnny. Um, He says, I often think that storylines appear in two instances, one a major storyline and the other one to support or explain it. For example, Linda Stolen Lama storyline was provided to explain why Harrison couldn't just ignore Freddie's dealing. Similarly, Lee, the karate teacher, complete self-control and mindfulness, is opposed to Hannah, who behaves in a complimentary way. However, if Lily is brought back to help her mother which seems feasible, presumably Russ will appear. Is Russ balanced against Josh? Josh makes money by rejecting the love of the land, which is why his father dislikes him, and making money by exploiting the land, i.e. dealing in machinery. Russ makes money by exploiting Lily, whose mother cheated the natural class order by converting aristocratic pudge to holdings into commercial opportunities. John the Third, John from Ladprow until this weekend when I become John from Hanoi. There's another one who's being chased by Interpol. Um, so yes, I um, I like that idea, and uh, yes, I think he's absolutely. I think you're absolutely right, John, about the the the, the supportive storyline that goes along the same yeah. the same lines that you can you know it, it's like an English A level compare and contrast, isn't it? Right on yeah. one side. Of the line. Um, so you see, uh, um, a Johnny sort of contrasted with uh jazza maybe so jazza is just um he's got flown completely off the deep end about hannah um has gone for tom right that's it i'm not no thought at all about actually this isn't tom's fault hannah offered the situation and in that situation there's no way jazza would have said no you know um and then contrasting that with johnny's sort of thoughtfulness and taking his time about things and going away and thinking about it and then thinking, no, actually I can do something about this and I'm going to go back and readdress it and look at it. And, you know, very thoughtful chap. Yeah. Yeah. I've noticed that, but not only just the compare and contrast, but often you get mirroring storylines as well that 
that kind of amplify, which is not quite the same as that. And I'm struggling to think of an example. So why did I mention it? Uh, but yeah, it's the yeah, script and the, and the storyline is far more complex and sophisticated than you might imagine at first at first glance. I think we had um we had the Aldridges sort of imploding, didn't we? Mm, yeah. And at contrasting with the Grundies all pulling together and um fixing everything together and being able to live together and uh all the generations fitting in and helping each other out and everything. And mm. that was and kind of ran alongside the, the the Aldridges, all sort of struggling for power and money and inheritance and everything else. Yeah, interesting. It makes it sound very Shakespearean. Well, it is, isn't it? It's, yeah. it's all dynastic. Yeah, absolutely. Shall we have a word from Eleanor now? Hi, Dumpty Dum. This is Eleanor in Brighton. I am Ms. Underscore Eleanor on the Twitters, and I am a first-time caller in uh, I'm a librarian, and I think Amber oh. would benefit greatly from a little public library because nobody seems to read. Um, oh. Obviously, apart from Jim and Robert and Linda, they read, but they weaponise their reading to score points off each other and make others feel inferior. Uh, in terms of my vintage... Um, I suppose it's about 2005, six when Helen knocked down either Neil or Moik. Um, I can't remember which one it was because they're fairly interchangeable in my mind. And then Tom took the rap for it. Um, so I think that's all the housekeeping down to business. I know a lot of people are going to be talking about Rory and Ben this week. And I would just like to say that I knew that Rory would turn out to be an arrogant little fuckwit. Um, I tweeted my prediction a good, probably over a year ago, before all the hoo-ha with Freddie. I tweeted that I thought that Rory was going to get kicked out of posh school for dealing, come back to Ambridge and start up a drugs cartel with Toby Fairbrother. And I'm actually quite sad that didn't happen. uh, But I'm glad he's back now and it's clearly going to cause some sort of trouble because, frankly, I feel that Brian never really had to pay for his indiscretion with Siobhan. So the chickens are coming home to roost, Brian. Watch out. Um, oh, the other person that I have a problem with is Johnny. Oh. Every time he opens his mouth, it just makes me cringe. And I am really hoping that they do something with him soon or just get rid of him because he <laughs> is just too good to be true. And I find him incredibly annoying. <laughs> so wow. she wants a happy medium character, doesn't she? She doesn't want <laughs> the arrogant so-and-so that is Rory, or he's proved to be in his, what, his one appearance so far. Yes. Yes, uh, sorry, we can't, we can't properly go into that because that's for next week because that happened on Monday night when they appeared. So... And then... And then Johnny's too good to be true. Yeah. Johnny Goody Shoes. Good, goody yeah. Shoes or whatever. Hmm. Well, I that's the, totally I love you, the idea of, Freeman, yeah, isn't Yeah, I know. I'll shut up. I love the idea of weaponized reading, though. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> but, I mean, you get that with <clears throat> often people who are music fans weaponize their, oh, their God, musical yeah, yeah. taste. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and as if any well, that's of the, this... oh, well I like them when they well I like them before they were famous I like them before yeah. really when you I like them before them. they were good yeah you know, it's, it's yeah <laughs> it's just and then they yeah anyway I won't get into that 
Uh, and then, so people. How many clubbers it. does it take to change a light bulb? How many covers? Clubbers. I don't know. How many clubbers does it take to change a light bulb? None, because actually it was much better like it was. <laughs> Fair enough. I'm going to have to cough now. Excuse me. <coughs> oh, dear. There we are. I've escaped this terrible cold that's been going around, but I think... Well, You've got a terrible cough that's going around instead. Not really. It's just a bit of phlegm, really. Uh, mm. See, that's, you see, the coffee, the coffee suppresses that. I think it does. It's all it coming does. out now. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. It's one of the side effects of not drinking coffee for two days, is having Qatar. Pneumonia. Mm. Oh, God. Oh, another email. Oh, well, yes. Thank you very much for, for, for ringing in, Eleanor. We love first-time caller in us. Yeah. Um, and also, you sound a lot like Laura Solon, in case anyone has never told you, oh. you do. Um, Quilted Bunny said... This week, Royfield made a statement along the lines of Elizabeth and Lower Loxley having shed loads of cash, unquote. There is no evidence for this. If it was true, the loss of the licence would matter little. It's because they don't that the licence was such a big deal. Why else would Lizzie slog away with the weddings, conferences, deck the halls, etc., etc.? Freddie is not a poor little rich kid. Okay, Lizzie isn't in danger of having to apply for universal credit, but rich they ain't. Yes, I think that's very true, because she sold off some of she was sold off some of the they were talking about turning some of it into a conference center or building hmm. something, weren't they? So there's, yeah, they're obviously not uh, minted. I think it's more of the job for life stuff. Yeah. Freddie is never going to have to, you know, rely on a CV because he's always going to have, she'll always be able to find something for him to do, even if it isn't, you know, massively well paid or something. Hmm. They won't be cash rich, as in no. they, won't, they won't have lots in the savings. They'll be probably, no. you know, a little bit in the business account because there has to yeah. be because you, you've got turnover and then you've got wages to pay and all yeah. kinds of other things. And, of course, they're capital rich, as in they've got lots of land and, and buildings. Mm. But you can't, they can't really sell that, can they? No. And also the upkeep of that is an absolute bloody fortune. I know. I know. Mm. It's uh, for old old buildings take an awful lot of upkeep yeah. and yeah. Um, and uh, an awful lot of dusting too. Yeah, it's quite interesting actually. In PG Woodhouse, sorry to bring it back to PG Woodhouse again, but mm-hmm. um, they are every every apart from the old in the sort of oh Lucy, concentrate. I'm not. I am concentrating. I'm just trying to hard to formulate what I'm going on about. That's um, all right. The older generation, like Bertie's aunts and uncles and everything, their homes, their stately homes that they live in Mm. are all completely fine and they love them and everything. But the younger generation are desperately trying to get shot of their big houses. Yeah. Um, You know, a lot of the plots are all about trying to flog off some, you know, ghastly great big, um, you know, hammer house of horror that you've been that you've inherited that you're having to pay massive um tax on property tax and uh, it's quite interesting that that it, it's that generate the new generation are just seeing this kind of um uh this is sort of you know bef- before the first world war stuff that that they're, they're seeing these these houses as a massive hindrance rather than anything um uh, uh beneficial yeah it's 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 a it's a common <clears throat> common complaint isn't it that 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 this kind of owning this kind of property is not only not only a, you have a duty but it's 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 quite a burden as well isn't it I yeah mean, although it is difficult to feel sympathy <laughs> yeah when obviously half the half the country's living in rented accommodation or you know hasn't got a house or whatever um 
not the house they would like, that someone's got, you know, 48 bedrooms and, you know, can't heat them. Um, and you sort of think, really? Is there, is, there not, is there not a simple way we could go about addressing both these issues? But, uh, you know, life isn't that simple. <laughs> no, sadly not. Sadly not. Witherspoon now. Greetings, Lucy Royfield, Millie Bell, Yoko Bear, and all Dumpty Dumbers around the world. It's Witherspoon and Angus Haggis here. If this podcast is going out live on Halloween, then it's my 60th birthday. Hurrah! I wonder if anyone from Ambridge is going to pop around without calling or texting first with birthday card in hand. Okay, on to business. It was the week of Linda in search of the perfect wife of Bath and other Canterbury characters, Elizabeth slowly falling to pieces, and Jill and Josh bonding over chickens. Didn't they used to bond over bees? But I'm a little worried about Johnny. First, there was a small incident last Sunday when he was playing Pinmas Maggot on the Apple, or whatever the heck that game was. (laughs) I gather he did rather poorly at it and wanted to post a photo on Instagram to show the world how inept he was. He does always seem to want to bathe in his inadequacies, and I think we haven't seen the last of this issue. That day, Johnny went from the Apple Festival to catching Tom and Hannah in the act. I do wish we actually heard him coming in on the moment of in flagrante delicto, as Jim would say. Later in the week, Johnny betrayed the confidences of first Tom and Hannah. I forget whether they actually swore him to secrecy, but I imagine they would have. And then of his once again best mate, Freddie. As a result, he got Jazzer all riled up and submarined his and Tom's friendship, and then upset Lizzie even more. He did what Freddie expressly asked him not to do. He easily could have sugarcoated Freddie's experiences in jail yeah. and not gotten all Hamlet-esque on us. Should I tell her or shouldn't I tell her? Then he goes and recounts the worst possible interpretation of life behind bars. Lizzie was worried anyway, but now she's really, really worried. Johnny did her no favors, so remind me not to tell Johnny any of my secrets. Talk to you all soon. Well, there you are. I didn't think he did make it that much worse, really. Because she wouldn't, what Pat was saying, I thought was right, which is if your child doesn't tell you what's going on, what you imagine is far worse than what is actually going on most of the time. Yeah, And for Johnny to have just, I mean, Elizabeth obviously was completely out of order, sort of harassing him and saying, tell me, so was he more or less happy than he was before? If he wasn't in prison, do you think he would have been happy? You know, it's impossible to answer. Hmm. And Johnny did ended up saying, you know, considering he's in prison, he's all right, which is the most you can, you know, of course, that's it, isn't it? It's the most you can go for. Um, But uh, this sort of... um, uh, it, because he he was oblique, it made it worse for Elizabeth. And then when he actually said, no, he is in a, in a bad way and he has dreams and, and he wakes up and he remembers where he is and then he's miserable. But that's exactly what Elizabeth would have expected. So yeah. there's something kind of quite comforting that you mm. think, well, okay, yeah, no, he's having a terrible time. Fine. That's exactly what I thought he would be having. There is, <clears throat> there is something to be said for the, at least I know the truth. Yeah. Yeah, because what you, you imagine can, you can is work worse. Work with that, yeah, yeah. And like I said, it's only a, another five months of feeling miserable, and you know, <laughs> we've all had know. a miserable six months for God's sake in our lives. Yeah, definitely, we've got another miserable six months ahead of us, <laughs> probably. Oh, probably another miserable decade. Who knows? <clears throat> Enough of the politics. 
Um, yeah, I can I can see what Witherspoon's saying, uh, but you, you can't expect someone because um, Johnny's very is uh, is quite an honest person, and he wears his heart on his sleeve, and it's, it would be difficult for him to to as as Witherspoon put it, sugarcoat the truth because the truth is the truth to him, and he has to has to express it. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Mm. Yes, I yeah. It's I think for Elizabeth I can't you know I know I know she winds everybody up and she's incredibly irritating but trying to imagine what it I mean my daughter's just come back from a week away in Rome where she had a lovely time and mm. I still spent the entire week worrying. <laughs> <laughs> about whether or not she was eating properly, whether or not she was getting on with the girl she was sharing the room with, whether or not, you know. And she had a mobile phone and could talk to me and would, yeah. you know, send me pictures of her looking happy by a fountain, you know. It was <laughs> <laughs> but the idea of her, if she was away for longer than that and then didn't want to see me or talk to me, that would be awful. Yeah. And I couldn't imagine, I couldn't imagine how dreadful that would be. So. And it is, it is, a, a, it's, it's about time that we, we had a storyline that in, in lots of drama that shows how difficult it is for the loved ones of those that are incarcerated. Yeah. That yeah. A lot of people just think it's, it, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's justice done and you're yeah. thrown in the clink and you, you yeah. don't do the time, don't do the crime unless you can yeah. do the time, that horrible old cliche, mm. but it's not only that person that suffers. It's, mm. it's, the loved ones that mm. suffer too. And yeah. um, what kind of support do they get? Yeah. None. Well, uh, not yeah. that I can see. And yeah. I, I know it makes me sound like some kind of woolly liberal. And I'm, I'm you know, I have certain views on and imprisoning people and, and prison doesn't really work for a lot of, no. um, for a lot of crimes. Um, but it's certainly. And also it's nice to have, it's also nice to have in a soap opera, a situation that is shit and unfixable because yep. a lot of things in life are rubbish and unfixable. And, you know, they, it's just absolutely awful. It's like, you know, the randomness of, of, of illness or whatever, you know, you can't just wave a magic wand and then Anna Tregoran comes along and says, ah, oh, well, there's a loophole here you haven't seen. Uh, and then, you know, within two days, Freddie's sitting at the kitchen table eating scones. You know, it's not, it, <laughs> it, it's just, it, this is what life is, is it's really hard. And for young people in, Young offenders institutes—they are awful, terrible places, and you know it is awful. It's awful for all of them. But I thought what was ironic was uh, Elizabeth going, and I'm probably going to piss some people off by saying this, but sod it, let's do it mm. anyway. Um, when she said, "Well, the thing is with Freddie, you see, it's because he hasn't got a father." And I thought, how many of the boys in there haven't got a father? Yeah, you know that's if that applied, if that was a genuine reason, Fred um, Elizabeth, three quarters of the prisons would be would be. Uh, you know, I'm not suggesting that any bungled. See, here I go. I'm not suggesting that um, just because the lack you don't have of a father, a father means it, it, you're inevitably heading for a life of crime. But absent fathers are a huge. There is a huge link between absent fathers in certain circumstances and um, you know um, young offending uh, with boys, in particularly with with young boys. Um, and, uh, and it's not just know. because the father's absent. It's because if you are born into poverty, it's yep. less likely that your 
family will stick together. Mm-hmm. And um, if your family doesn't stick together, then you will continue to be poor and you will have a poor education and you will more yeah. likely suffer from mental illness and yeah. you will get in with the wrong crowd and you will end up offending. That's yeah. how it works. Yeah. But it, it's it, not all free will. No, and Elizabeth's kind of um, naive assumption that, uh, oh, but surely if people just realise that, you know, uh, if people just realised that that Freddie's father's died, you know, that would that explains everything. And you think, well, no, it doesn't. It explains some things, but not everything. No, no. And also, if it was a genuine reason, it would be it would be used countless times, and the, the jail, the, the young offenders institutes would not be as overflowing as they are. Hmm. But that's something to do with sentencing anyway. Yeah. Right. Uh, oh, we prison. have another email. Okay. Is prison reform uh, hour done then? Sorry? Is prison reform hour done? Yeah. Good. Hour? Was it an hour? Probably was. Um, uh, this is from Claire, who says uh, she's a first-time e-lailer in her. She was going to ring in, but she's hurt her throat, so she can't. Yeah. Um the first episode of The Archers I listened to was the night that Helen stabbed Rob. Bloody hell. <gasps> which unfortunately makes me a titchy knob, but was also a hell of an introduction to our beloved docudrama. <laughs> um, I spent the first few months trying to figure out who on earth everyone was, as they all sounded the same to my untrained ears. To some of us who have trained ears, they still all sound the same. But anyway, mm-hmm. uh, Jill was Peggy, Justin was Oliver, and the Grundies all merged into one. However, with the help of BBC Archers site, I was able to read up on all the characters and familiarise myself with their history and storylines. Since I started listening, a lot has happened in my life, including an engagement, a wedding and various stresses. None of this more so than when my father-in-law suddenly passed away. In true English style, I got up and got on with the job of looking after my husband and his mum and sister, which was all fine until the stress and trauma of the whole situation came crashing down around my ears about 18 months ago. I was at a very low point, but one thing that cheered me up was having your podcast to listen to every week. You always talk about how Dumpty Dum is a community, and although until now I have not been an active member, I cannot express to you and all the fabulous contributors to this podcast enough how much you have helped me through some very challenging times. You give me something to look forward to each week, and that is a wonderful thing. Oh, last week I had to have a small operation on my abdomen and I'm recovering well, but I'm suffering from a bruised pubis or as it should now be known in medical terms, a Robart. There we go. (laughs) Oh, And she said, I hope I speak for the other listeners when I say you bring joy to us on a weekly basis. And that is a wonderful thing. Isn't that lovely? It is. I uh, feel forward to that onto us both. And um, I have to say, I did have, a, uh, I had something in my eye. I was reading I know, it. So I couldn't, I couldn't really. <laughs> Thank you so much. You, you've no idea how much that means to, to every one yeah. of us that take yeah. part in this uh, yeah. show, however small. This, or, this however ridiculous big. charade. <laughs> yeah, th- yes, this ludicrous <laughs> escapade. <laughs> Um, <clears throat> Ooh, escapade that's good yes mm, i like having an well, escapade well. um you know what it it, it helps us through our, yeah. our rough times too and and letters yes. like that yeah uh, mean a, an awful lot and yes and the more my pubis is mentioned in public because you know it has been mentioned <laughs> in birmingham town hall apparently um the better <laughs> i love the fact that you've now got an entire but it's an entire area named after you. It's not even a condition. It's a whole thing. You're in your bruised pubis, you fool. It's doing very well <sighs> at the moment, thank you. Is it? I don't want yeah. to know. Um, uh, it's not been ill-affected by the lack of caffeine, then, your pubis. It's coping, is it? Not yet. Okay. 
<laughs> it's been up all night. <laughs> well, normally Chris, caffeine's a diuretic, you see. So maybe if you drink less caffeine, you won't be up in the night. Well, that was one of the reasons. I mean, he was. Oh, like... were you doing the old man shuffle? <laughs> well, no, not necessarily no, at night. I'm but get up! It's no good. I can't sleep through it. Drink it. If you drink ten cups of coffee a day, and then you go for a couple of pints at the pub, and you break the seal, it's known <laughs> as breaking the seal. And then you're up every five minutes. So it's... <laughs> But that's not the only reason. Okay. Not the only reason. It's never a good thing to give up anything that you, you're doing too much of, I think, every so often. You just, yeah. you have to forever, just give it up for a bit. Yeah. See if I can. Prove it to myself that I'm not totally addicted. Yeah. Very good. The only thing you shouldn't give up is the archers, obviously. No. Yes. Quite that right. would be wrong. Have we got any more calls? We have. Um, Red Agnes. Oh, Lovely. Yes. Hello there. Red Agnes from the Northwest here. Can I just say how much I enjoyed the episode with um, Snot and the mention of uh, Dexter the Pussycat? Um, I've got a pussycat that also does the same thing, so I'm hoping he'll stay out of the room today. Right, here goes. Elizabeth, what a pain in the arse. Her family are so unconscionably dull that it takes Johnny, Johnny, to spot that she's lost the plot. Don't think so. This week, Linda just played a blinder. New word, gallimorphy. That's nothing to do with Doctor Who. I had to look it up in the dictionary <laughs> uh, and I couldn't even spell it. Anyway, lo- uh, loved her idea of the accents marking you out as an outsider. In Ambridge, nobody's got a proper accent. There's nothing resembling standard, standard Ambridge-ish. Uh, as for Josh, his solution to anything, including disemboweled hens, is to splash the cash and get everybody else to f- fix up your mess. Yeah. Um, she probably won't want them, but it won't matter because uh, Josh has already decided they'll be good for his own business. Ruth and David should be pleased that their small holding is not going to support the the next Philip Green because there aren't enough people, um, there aren't enough um jobs to go around in Ambridge anyway so it's never going to cover them all and besides when Pipette Grace Fairbrother Archer's name becomes public uh, there'll be another disemboweling from Hootie by the way don't mess with the Jazzmeister we all love the Jazzmeister don't forget he's a pig whisperer so Hannah and Tom <laughs> need to be really clear careful of the mad hogs who may turn up in a feeding frenzy and kill the pair of them <laughs> right plot prediction uh, again going back to elizabeth because we can't avoid elizabeth this is my prediction they're looking for a procedural impropriety surely the arrest and then she was cut off because it got took two minutes but surely ah, the arrest i think yes the- the arrest, yeah. as, as mentioned in, in the opening monologue, could yeah. be... But uh, I, I, all you've got to do is be read your rights, haven't you? Yeah. And, and he was, probably. Yeah. And, and anyway, that would have been identified by now, I think. Yes, definitely. Um, can I just say, Red Agnes, that in my head, you look exactly like Maxine Peake. <laughs> because doesn't she sound like her? Is that is that Northwest accent that kind of? Yeah, Lancashire. but there's a particular way that she speaks that really yeah. reminds me of Maxine Peake. So in yeah. my head, that's exactly what Red Agnes looks like. Um, uh, I know. Yeah, I, yeah. As she said, you know, Johnny's identified what's going on with 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 Elizabeth and everyone else. Seemed, you know, David just seemed to be blithely blithely unaware of the fact that his sister was sort of slowly falling to bits. Yeah. 
Mm. And I think Jill tried to, Jill kind of did the wrong thing with the right intentions and sort of said, oh, just jolly her along and tell her it'll all be all right, which they are all doing, except no one's noticing that the business is falling to bits around her ears. But why, she's not the only, so the issue with Lower Loxley is is that Lizzie would have her eye on everything. Yeah. And she isn't, so no one's doing anything. Yeah. But you'd think that the team, if if it's a good team, they will pull together and do that anyway. Yeah. yeah. Clearing up litter, which was mentioned. I think she's. I think she's doing that really annoying thing. Well, you will know this because you, you sort of run a team of people. When somebody, you've either got to say, "I cannot deal with this. I I am going to be off. I'm this. I'm taking this as some sort of compassionate leave. I'm off for the next two weeks." But somebody who's half there. Is yeah, even worse yeah. because they 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 think they can do it, and at the time they have every intention of doing the thing that they've said they're going to do, and then you say, "Did you do it?" And they go, "Oh shit, no, sorry." Mm. And you know, it's much worse. Either do all of it or don't do any of it, but don't say you're going to do some of it and then don't. Yeah, presenteeism. Yeah, it's like when people say, "I'm." I'm going off sick, but I will work from home. And you think, no, if you're sick, go home and be at home and don't work. Because then they just start sending you really annoying emails, trying to pretend how hard they're working to let you know that, hey, I'm still working, I'm still working. And you think, it's fine, just be ill. But sod off and be ill. <laughs> don't, don't do this half and half thing. It's really annoying. Yeah. So if it all comes clattering down, and uh, because it's already already been mentioned that Geraldine uh has uh is not coping very well mm. does that mean that they're going to have to bring someone else in to help geraldine well, i think she's she's coping but she's just got too much on yeah crazily busy i think i think lily has got to come back and take it over and i think that will coincide with russ giving her the boot lily coming in taking out taking deciding that university isn't for her and that she's going to run lower loxley instead okay or that she'll defer it and go back to university later because she got 57 billion A-star A-levels or whatever. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that's that's possible. Or you could just hire an assistant manager for, for Geraldine, <laughs> like a normal place, because like you probably would have an assistant. Because exactly. when Geraldine's away, it doesn't mean that Lizzie yeah. can do everything. No. And it's a huge organisation. You would have a deputy, wouldn't you? Yes. Yeah. Kathy, Kathy, come back. Kathy, home. Kathy, come home. Yeah, Kathy, that's the, that's what I was looking for. There you are. Topical <laughs> reference there. Nineteen sixties <laughs> drama. <laughs> yeah, I well, think it feels like we're, we're hurtling back to the nineteen sixties. To be honest, so it probably is quite topical. Oh God! Yes. <sighs> right, final caller, Inora. It's okay. Eulalia, who's from uh, Romania. Good morning. This is Eulalia Romilia in Bucharest, in Romania. Second time caller in a row. I was going to call in today anyway on Sunday afternoon, as Roy Field instructed us to do last week. But <laughs> I'm doing it quite early on Sunday morning, as we had quite a big earthquake here last night, which woke me up and I haven't been able to sleep. So I've been catching up on the arches and thinking about it and reading the forum and so on. Not that big an earthquake, no damage done. However, so much damage done to my ears by listening to the arches this week. Hannah, <laughs> her and Tom, her and Jazza. <laughs> I like that there's a strong, independent, young female in the village, I think. But oh, the scenes, like the prelude to the sex scenes, just, oh, as you can tell, I can't get my words out, revolting. And the main thing I wanted to ask about was 
Loaloxy, though, and Lily. And why has no one else in the family thought, maybe we should get Lily back? You know, yeah. not one of them, when they were having their secret meeting in the broom cupboard or whatever, said, hmm, I wonder who could help Elizabeth out of this mm-hmm. the most. Not Anna Trigorin, who was useless and just, you know, yeah. used it to show off about what a good lawyer she was. But no one in the rest of the family said, why don't we get Lily to talk to Elizabeth? Or I wonder why Lily's buggered off to Manchester and not said or done anything about her brother being in prison. Some of them know what's happened, but some of them don't. So surely they would have brought it up. It's very annoying. I don't believe it. Lily would have come back. And so they're obviously writing her out, um, which is a real shame because she was just becoming interesting. Anyway, that's my two minutes. Bye. Bye. Well, she's being written out now. Oh, dear. Who's being written out? What the... That's what... Eulelia said um, they're going to write Lily out and that's why they haven't brought her back. Oh, no. 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 No, she's probably just got another... Some more work. She's probably yeah. got a, a bit part on Line of Duty, along with... <laughs> Along with my favourite, who's now gone. Anisha. Anisha. Come back, Anisha. Oh, such um, a lovely voice. Anyway. She did have a lovely voice. Um, uh, this, I do think Jazza was bang out of order with Tom, though. Do you? Yeah, but all is fair in love and war. It was. It's a, an emotional reaction. You can't... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Men are different from women. We We get funny about these things. I mean, you don't hear... Anyway, I won't say that. That was going to be very bad taste. Um, yes, I'm a changed man. Um, yeah, men... I think men do tackle affairs of the heart slightly differently, don't you? Yeah. But, yes, I suppose. But... It, well, yeah, I suppose he, he's just furious, isn't he? Yeah. And he can't have a go at Hannah because yeah. he likes her. And Tom's and his best mate so just kind gonna, of. yeah. Yeah. Put yourself in that. If, you know, yeah. Because he thinks he should have known. You should have known that I, I had yeah. uh, the hots for her. Uh, yeah. And he knows he didn't. But he, you, if, if it's a, a, a best friend or very close yeah. to being a best friend, then you, you, you feel that they should be able to read your mind. Yes. Yeah. And you should have known anyway. And it's, it's not rational, is it? It's no. quite, I mean, it's not rational. It's, it's quite realistic. Mm. I had a very similar thing happened happened to me and it was i i'd been to um new york and uh i was staying with one of my friends uh girlfriends and her cousin yeah and i i was completely innocent about this somebody and there was there was a sofa and there was a bed and my friend you know the, the woman and i slept in the bed together but when my other friend found out about it he he immediately thought something was going on and we didn't he didn't speak to me for two years no yeah i mean he um when he um when he um eventually we 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 spoke to each other and he he apologized and said yeah no i was just being a well i can't use the word (laughs) but but the only word we don't use here he said i was being one of those and um and i said it's it's all water under the bridge it's not worth worrying about at least we're talking to each other now but that was horrible because i i I knew it was completely innocent but he was furious with me right yeah Yeah. well if um if if uh if 
I suppose if Jazza wants to go around, you know, weeing up women and, and, you know, making them his property, then I suppose that's, he's going to be, he's picked the wrong woman, hasn't he, really? Um, I don't, I don't know why he likes. Make, make them property. No, but, you know, all that kind of, you, and then just assuming, oh, Tom's taken advantage of her, rather than actually this might be something she's chosen. Hmm. Well, yeah, she yeah. has chosen that. I mean, she yeah. suggested it. Yeah. But wasn't that after initially Tom suggesting that they go out for a date and then she, she turned Tom down? Yeah. Initially. Yeah. Yeah. And everyone thought... Or she's going to be trouble, that one. Oh, yes. Oh, well, mm, well, I might ask her out on a date then. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, she's just your type. I think there's... Um, <laughs> you and Boyfield would probably fight over her. I think... Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, there you are. Isn't that life imitating art? <laughs> She's already, she's caused trouble with Neil. She's caused trouble between Emma and Ed. Mm-hmm. She's caused trouble between Jazza and Tom. She's caused trouble between Tom and Helen. Yeah. I think. Um, you know, she just she likes a triangle and she likes to be in the middle of it. Oh my god. Oh, there, there are people like that. I just thought people want oh god, life to be as simple are, as yeah, possible. Are, no, triangle people are really common. I don't know. You're right. Yeah, I'm just thinking, why are people like that? I mean, come on. Life's hard enough well, as actually, it is. Actually, in my experience, it's usually people who are doing it because that they usually, in my experience anyway, and everyone will mm. go, but it's often uh, only children who are like it because it okay. reminds them of a very familiar situation of growing well, mom up. Mum said this, but dad said I could do it. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, and also feeling jealous when, you know, you have mum to yourself and then dad comes home and mum disappears with dad and you think, oh, so I've lost then. So you like, try you, you, you re- recreate triangles everywhere. Oh my God. Okay. Right. I see avoid, it quite a lot when I'm, when I'm doing, when I, when, when I do um, some training work, I see it quite often. You can often spot people that are triangle people. And uh, they'll either say, oh, I'm one of three. And you think, oh, there's a surprise. Or they say, I'm an only child. And you think, oh, okay. And it's, um, yeah. And they like to, they're usually the people that get in between a manager and a, and a, a manager and a member of staff or, you know, there's two managers and they'll, they'll kind of set them off against each other and yeah, stuff like that. God. Anyway, when you think of Hannah, you have to think of her as like that quality street, the, the triangle in the quality street, the green. Okay. You know, the, yeah. Not not the penny toffee that nobody likes. Not the. I like the penny toffee. Do you? I do. You can save all my all yours for me. Okay. Like well, with the state you can of have my, all my Hannah moment. triangles. <laughs> all right, I've had enough of triangles. I I prefer the the purple one with the with the nut in it. <laughs> I do. This is, I that is that's not a, a joke. Another problem, Robert. <laughs> <laughs> oh, quite possibly. Time you're, you're, for... stuck, you're stuck between a triangle and a nut. <laughs> oh, jeez, uh, that is very true. I can name the nut, and I can name the triangle. <laughs> we'll talk off air about this. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. <laughs> Time now for the social media roundup with Millie Bell. Good day, everyone. Now, as most of you know, I am a teacher of secondary students, so I work with teenagers all the time. And we loved this week the storyline with Jill and Josh, and I loved the way that Josh was with his gran. So we thought we'd have a bit of a discussion about that on the Facebook page, um, because I think that often the teenagers in the Archers are portrayed uh, quite negatively. I mean, that's uh, that was just my opinion, and I wondered what others thought. And Marie Harris says, I get sick of teenagers in general getting a bad press. I have three children, 22, 20 and 17, and on the whole, their friends have always been kind, polite and thoughtful. Big up the teens. Uh, Jean Bell said, a great relationship and very natural. Even if, as has been suggested elsewhere, Josh sees the chickens as attractive poster gifts for his business, it is win-win all round. Josh responds to pleasant behaviour with the same. When he talks to his dad, he reflects back what he gets. Great insight there, Jean. And Denise Ann Smallwood did say, I'm sorry to be a downer, but Josh seems to do favours for others that will soon benefit him. This is no reflection on teenagers, ours at 15 and 18, but just an observation of Josh's behaviour in the past. And uh, Fiona Siobhan Powell said, I know for my own part that a grandparent-grandchild relationship is precious. A real connection can be established that is sometimes missed in the teen years between parent and child. It made me wonder why, how Jill didn't have that same understanding with Freddie and Lily. Mind you, I've always had time for Josh. I think he's dismissed too often by David and Ruth. And Fiona, I think you're absolutely right. You've got to wonder how Freddie and Lily don't have that relationship with their gran as well. And uh, I think uh, that thread in particular for me demonstrated how much insight our reader, uh, our, sorry, our listeners have. We also uh, discussed the fact, well, this was me saying for a largely middle class, smallish village, 
Ambridge does seem to have an unusually high percentage of residents who have seen the inside of a prison cell. Or have I completely <laughs> lost touch with English village life? Well, I can tell you now that looking at the comment, comments, I think I never was in touch with village life. And that's fair enough because I was brought up uh, very close to London and I don't have a lot of experience living in a small village. But Darren Shepherd said, hmm, I live in a very similar village and I know of two people and there's loads more people I don't know, which surprised me. And then people started remembering other people that had done time. There was Tom Forrest, as Anne Lydon reminded us. Uh, Tom Forrest may be killing the poacher. He got off, though. I'm not sure whether he was remanded in custody. And Gil Jennison said, didn't Nelson Gabriel do time? And I'm sure he did. Um, but Graham Ward said it's actually still pretty crime-free compared with Albert Square, which, of course, is not a small village, but is a small area. And then Phil Parks said it depends what kind of village. Robert Brun said, um, I grew up in a sm much smaller village than Ambridge and the postmaster shot his wife. Oh, yeah. For goodness sakes. Like, obviously, I am completely out of touch. So thank you, everyone, for bringing me up to speed with that. Um, I'm going to Scotland at Christmas. I'll be much more... Uh, in I shall be very con very careful while I'm in a small village up in Scotland, I can tell you, and it is a very <laughs> small village. Um, and then our last discussion of the week was about Lizzie. And uh, John Kelston Merritt said, I wonder what our reaction would be if this was Clary in Lizzie's situation. And uh, I think he's making the point there that... Um, uh, you know, Clary's uh, not in the same, I guess, class as Lizzie and would we think differently? So that was interesting and really made some of us think. Um, and Kerry Jane said, for goodness sake, she needs to face up to the fact that Freddie has broken the law, almost killed someone and been caught. He has been punished according to law and what she needs to be doing is keeping her business going so there's a home for him to come back to and also look into his future. What will he do when he gets out? I'd suggest she needs some sort of counselling, not from her siblings, to help her deal with her feelings. Does anyone remember if she had grief counselling after Nigel died? Maybe if she had, she wouldn't have made such a mess of parenting the kids. Ooh. Um, I'm not a psychiatrist, and maybe Witherspoon could tell me if I'm right or wrong. Well, I, get, I think my gut feeling, although let's remember I was very wrong about uh, crime statistics in small villages, but my gut instinct is that, like Australia, um, counselling and psychological support is not really uh, as as popular and uh, utilised as much as it is in America, so I'm guessing not. Nick Mack said, Paul is in my ass. she's just avoiding the truth. And Fiona Crawford said, it's sad that she's surrounded by family, but they seem to be oblivious to how she's feeling and her crumbling business since the siblings meeting. What have they actually done to help her? So lots and lots of discussion there. And uh, we also finished up our week with uh, starting to think about whether we've ever pursued an interest, uh, despite the fact that everyone else is telling us not to. Uh, thinking of the fact that Lizzie's going ahead with this despite so much counsel uh, reminding her that this is probably not conducive to a good outcome. So another great week. Really loved uh, looking after the Facebook page this week. And, of course, next week you will be in the capable hands of uh, Yokel Bear and uh, Witherspoon. He drops in from time to time. So if you'd like to get involved with us, then please uh, go on to the Facebook page uh, site and look up Dumpty Dum, the Archers fan podcast, and start chatting to us. But until I speak to you next, hooroo. Thanks, Millie Bell. Lucy, would you like yes. to hit us with some tweets of the week? Yes. 
Marvellous. Peggy Woolley. I can only presume that Linda Snell performs amazing fellatio. Why else would Robert be so patient with her? <laughs> oh those of you who are listening with children, fellatio is pasta. Uh, Dominic Young. Sounds about right for a session with Tom. Three creaks, then the sigh, the thank you, and the sound of gentle <laughs> sobbing. <laughs> I'm there, not tweets um, of the week. What, what's the tweet of the week going to be? Like? Archer's listener. Here I have to do my call on my uh, my middle English. One that April with his surest suitor, the drochter of Marcher hath pair said to the rooter, will Tristram Hawkshaw give ye Linda the booter? <laughs> <laughs> John Reed. Emma had Emma saying, I've been roped in to help with a board games night next week at the tea room. Scrabble, risk, and that's not my chutney. <laughs> <laughs> and tweet of the week. Is Jam Spangle, who had Anna Tregoran saying, When it comes to reasons for appeal, Elizabeth, you've only got two Jack and shit, and Jack <laughs> left town. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. <sighs> Why are our listeners funnier than us? <clears throat> <laughs> I don't know. It's depressing, isn't it? I know. <laughs> they must have more time on their hands. I know, they must. Yes. Bastards. But if you'd like to make us more funny, why not go along to <laughs> patreon.com forward slash dumpty dum and yes, become a patron. The more you send, the funnier we'll get, I promise. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, it it <laughs> costs you a couple of quid a show, something like that. And it really does help put towards uh, all the softy wear kind of stuff and large gold microphones that Lucy and I use to record yeah. the show. Um, my earphone caffeine is, habit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I don't, my, my former caffeine habit. Uh, I don't know. What what could I take up instead of caffeine? Crack. Okay, fair enough. I need to buy a new crack pipe. So go to <laughs> Patreon. <laughs> Can we get away with that? Probably not. Um, go to <laughs> Patreon.com and become a supporter. We do really appreciate all the help we get. Yes. And we do mention you from time to time when we've got a list long enough. And we really, really, really appreciate it. Thank you very much. Remember, yes. to get in contact, you can send us a voice message via SpeakPipe on the website or call 0203-031-3105. That's 0203-031-3105 to leave a message. You can find us on Twitter at at Dumpty Dum. Lucy is Lucy V. Freeman. That's at Lucy V. Freeman. And Royfield is at Royfield on Twitter. And I am at Naked Fingers. And you know what? I should I should start a new Twitter feed at Bruised Pubis, but I don't know where it's been taken. <laughs> and that, dear listener, is that. Farewell. Bye-bye. <laughs> hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.